this morning. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning. As you're turning there, I want to thank all of you for being here. If it's your first time with us, hope you received a Connect card on the way in. If you did not, be sure you take a moment uh, on the way out. There's a uh, table out there. Someone can give you a, a Connect card. We just want to say hello to you. Just thank you for being here. We have, have just a small little gift for just to say thank you for worshiping with us today. So be sure you get one of those Connect cards. Uh, today. And as always, as your pastor, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness with your tithes, with your offering, and with your giving. You allow us to do some incredible things. Last week, we had that video showing you just some things that we're doing here. A uh, portion every time you give goes to people, not only in our city, but literally around the world. And if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, our ushers will be at the door. As you leave today, you can use an envelope. Be sure you fill it out. You can go online, text, however you like to give. I just want you to know that I thank you so much for allowing us to minister to people everywhere. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1. I'll be going there. Also just want to take a moment just to remind you to take a moment today to reflect uh, on this day in our history, September the 11th, uh, the day uh, that many of you definitely remember. Almost 3,000 people were killed here on American soil. Uh, let's take a moment today at some point take a moment and just pray for those families and uh, reflect on that moment and it, it's it's a it's a call to prayer each and every time this year so let's be sure that we hold those families up and pray and pray for our nation amen amen and amen before you leave today also i want everybody to get some cards we have these cards on the table and these are just simple invite cards i don't know if you know this or not but the month of september all throughout september uh, each and every September uh, throughout uh, the nation of uh, America uh, is the largest attendance month uh, throughout the year. Uh, I think it's because summer's over, every, everybody's looking for church, uh, people getting back into the rhythm of school and everything. And I want us to take a moment to invite somebody. We have people here all the time that say, you know what, I was here for years and nobody ever invited me. And hey, so-and-so invited me and now I'm here. You never know what an invite is going to do. So we want, we're trying to make it easy for you. I know some people, it pushes you a little outside your comfort zone, but you can get these. Leave them for your waiter, your barista. Leave them in your uh, your break room, in the office, wherever, uh, just take a moment and say, hey, I'd love for you to be with us at church. All the information is there. You can share our post on Facebook. Help us this month reach as many people as possible because you never know what an invite is going to change their life forever. So help us out as you leave today. Be sure you pick up some cards and take them to uh, your friends and your family. First Samuel chapter 17 this morning, verse 1 says, now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sokah, which belongs to Judah. <clears throat> and they encamped between Sokah and Ezekah in Ephes Damim. I want you to understand this today, and I want you to get this, that the enemy here is camping out in a land that belonged to Judah. If you know what the meaning of Judah is, Judah is means praise. There will be times, if you're not in one right now, when you cannot control what is happening in your life. Do we have any control freaks in the room? Some of you are lying. I've, I've, I've watched you. I've watched you. <laughs> control freaks. 
You got to control it. If you can't control it, you don't want anything to do with it. Some of you are feeling it right now. But there are times when, how many of you know, there are some things in life that you cannot control. Things sometimes that you can't move it yourself, you can't fix it. There will be times when you don't have the strength within your own personal being to make it right. And when you find yourself in one of those battles, it's more than just a physical battle. You need to understand that often those are battles after your praise. Amen? And this enemy here, they were sitting on Judah's land. And when they were sitting on Judah's land, what they needed to do was raise up a praise to rise up inside of them and let the enemy know, you've got to get off my property. Get your hands off my property. Get your hands off my children. Leave me alone. Get out of my house. And there are some people here today that you may be even watching or listening online later on. You are in a battle of your praise. And it's time that your praise rises up. Amen. I said it's time that your praise rise up and reminds the devil who you are and who he is not. Amen. And you tell him, get your hands off my legacy. Get your hands off of my children. Get out of my house. Get your hands off of my marriage. Get your hand off my finances. Get your hands off of my children. Right? And you've got to tell him, remind him, that, and you've got to remind yourself that every day you are in a fight for your praise. Lord, right now, let our hearts be in tune with you. Let our mind be in tune with you today. Lord, let this word fall on the hearts of people who are hungry and thirsty after you and that are looking for the more that you have. We give you honor and glory today. Amen. The word says that they were in a place called Sokah, and that place belonged to Judah. The hero in this very well-known story is a young teenager by the name of David. And as many of you know, he was the unlikely choice. He was not the first in line, but David was chosen by the Lord for such a moment as that he was in. And David's name means beloved or loved by the Father. Aren't you so thankful today for the love of the Father? I said, aren't you so thankful this morning that the Father that created the world knows you and he loves you? I don't know about you, but I would, I, I would have never made it if it wasn't for the, for the love of the Father. I know I would not be here if it were not for the love of the Father. Because in the moments when others are judging, he was loving me. Amen. In the moments when I was felt unlovable, the Father was loving me. When you don't have it all together, aren't you thankful that he still loves you? When you've lost your way, he loves you. When you don't know what's going on around you, 
when you're just confused, aren't you so glad that the Father still loves you? He loved you when you had nothing. He loved you when you had everything. He loved you when you lost the job. He loved you when you got a promotion. Is there anybody in the house today that's just thankful for the love of the Father today? Do you know that one of Satan's weapons that he uses against the bride, against the church, the, one of the weapons that he likes to use is to get you to believe that the Father does not love you. Why does Satan love and why, 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 why is the population growing of deadbeat fathers and toxic men? Let me tell you why. It is satanic because it's because Satan is using it to skew someone's perception of the word father and if he can get you to misunderstand the earthly meaning of father he can get you to a place where you even start doubting the love of the heavenly father amen satan fears that one day you and i that we will recognize just how much god loves us uh, satan fears that one day you will not only wear or say or use it for decoration john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only and begotten son. You, you, you've got to understand it. He fears that one day you will not only say it, but you will start to believe it. He's afraid that you will actually start to believe that God not only loves you, but he so loves you. Amen. The worst is that he so loves you. It's more than just a love that you've ever known. It's a soul love. Listen, I don't know what's going on in your life this morning. I don't know what you went through through last week. I don't know what you're going through this next week. I don't know what is on your agenda, but let me tell you something. You may not even know the Lord this morning, but you've got a reason to praise him. And if you can't find any other reason to praise him this morning, I will just praise him because he loves me. Amen. I will just praise him because he so loved me. Understand this, David's dad, Jesse, named him David, which means beloved. But although he was loved, Jesse sent him to the battlefield. And so often, isn't it funny that we often say, well, if the father really loved me, I wouldn't be going through this. If, if, if the Lord is real, why am I in this battle? If the father's hand is really upon me, why am I going through this? But I want you to get this today, that God... God the Father knew something that David's earthly father didn't know. God the Father could see something in David that his earthly father could not see. God the Father knew that there was something in the battle that was going to expose his greatness. I want you to get this in your notes today. That battlefields expose anointing. Battles will expose anointing. Battlefields will not only expose those that are anointed but it will also expose those that have no oil on their head amen David didn't know his purpose he didn't know what power he had until he got on that battlefield David had already had the oil poured on him he had already been anointed as a king but he did not know the power that was in the oil that day the father will put you in a battle just to expose 
expose your anointing. So the next time you find yourself in such a season, the next time you find yourself stepping into what seems like a battle, guess what? Do not doubt the love of God, but remind yourself, say, self, something is about to be exposed in me. Something is about to be renewed. I'm about to see a new level of anointing. Amen. I'm about to receive a fresh oil on my head today. New gifts are being stirred up. I'm about to experience a new level of joy that I did not even know was possible. I'm about to experience a new level of clarity in my mind. I'm about to experience a new level of joy and peace that I did not even know existed. And let me tell you this. When you realize the love of the Father and why you are in the battle, guess what? You'll never quit. Amen. When you realize just how much he loves you and why you are in the battle, you'll never quit. You will fight for your family. Amen. You will fight for your marriage. You will fight for your future. Why? Because it is exposing something greater in your life. My fight is exposing what God has hidden down deep inside of me and guess what he is showing you he is exposing to you that guess what you are the head and not the tail amen he's exposing and reminding you you are above and you are not meant to be beneath this thing and he is showing and proving that he has never left you and he has never forsaken you this battle that you are in guess what may not be part of Satan's plan but God's plan for you How many times do we blame battles on Satan? God just may be trying to rearrange something in your life. God just may be trying... God just may be trying to expose an area in your life that needs to be rearranged. God God may be trying to rearrange your finances. You've been broke for years and while you're in this cycle and you cannot break it and you keep getting in this place but you're not learning the lesson why he put you in that place and he's saying I'm trying to rearrange your life. I'm trying to rearrange your marriage. I'm trying to rearrange your home. You're blaming the pressure on Satan while God is trying to expose something greater in your life. He's exposing you. David was not the obvious choice. He was no one's first choice to face the giant that day. If you had a a lineup of men, he would not have been the one. The obvious choice was Saul. The worst is that he was tall. He had good looks. He was charming. He already had the armor. He was a leader. People revered him and looked up to him. He was the obvious choice. And whenever you look at his name, Saul, it means prayed for or desired. When you're praying for something, you are desiring that in your life or for someone. His name means desired. If you desired someone to feed the giants, you, you, you would have been a fool not to pick Saul. If you, de- if you desired a victory, you would have picked Saul. But the difference is here, Saul was desired, but David was anointed. There's a difference in being desired and being anointed. I know a lot of anointed people that are, that are not desired people. 
I know a lot of popular people that have no anointing. The difference here was Saul was desired. David was anointed. And church, you need to get this in your spirit. Because where we are as a nation, where we are in the times, you have a choice. If you, 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 you've got to make the choice. Do I want to be desired or do I want to be anointed? You've got to make that choice. Do what, what do I want? If you ever get the choice to choose between being desired and being anointed, you better choose anointing, amen? If you, if you have a choice between being celebrated on the stage or being anointed in a back corner somewhere, choose being anointed in the back corner somewhere, amen? If you have the choice of being popular or being anointed, choose being anointed. The church has got to stop trying to be desired by a world that doesn't even know the word. We got to seek the anointing. We don't serve so we'll be desired. If you sing so you'll be desired, you're missing it. We don't serve so people will look at us and say, whew, look at that servant. We don't preach. We don't, we, don't, we don't share the gospel so we will be desired. Stop trying to be desired and just let the anointing, amen, rise up inside of you. You've got to change your perspective on battles. Any battle that the Father wants me to fight in, I want to be in it. Any battle that the Father has ordained for me, I want to be in it because if God is sending me to it, I'm going to win it. I said, if God is sending me to it, I'm going to win it. Amen. And not only will I win it, but I will come out of that thing with more oil on my head than I went in with. But the problem is when we are fighting fights that God did not ordain for us. Today's text, the Philistines are on a piece of property. And it's not their property. We all hate thieves. We all hate trespassers. They are trespassing. They are illegally camping out. And the word so-called means hedged or fenced or trapped in. So here... The Philistines are their own land and they have trapped in, they have hedged in, they have trapped the Israel army. And instead of the Israel army rising up, the men of Israel's army are now scared as they are hedged, as they are trapped. Have you ever found yourself trapped or fenced in somewhere? A season that felt like you were looking for an escape but couldn't find it. A season it felt like everybody was against you. A season when it felt like everywhere you turned, there was, there was a wall. It felt like nothing was happening. It felt like people were slamming doors in your face. Has anybody ever been there where you just wanted joy but couldn't find it? You 
wanted peace but couldn't find it. Like you wanted healing but you could not find it. Everywhere you turned, you felt like you were trapped. Sometimes we have those moments when Satan comes up against us and he will do everything he can to trap us into a state of mind, trap us into a state of fear, trap us and hedge us into a state of defeat, to trap us in a place where we feel like we cannot pray or we feel like we can't even praise him. And understand this, they haven't even stepped out on the battlefield yet, yet they're already defeated in their minds. The battle's not even happened yet, and they're running back to their tents scared. They've already defeated themselves in their minds. How often are we defeated even before the battle? Anybody ever been there? Where you talked yourself into something, you made yourself believe it was bigger than it was? All it was was a little anthill, but now you've talked yourself, and now it's a mountain. And now... You're not even on the battlefield yet, and you're already quitting. That's why people quit praying. That's why people quit praising. That's why people quit going to church. Say, I can't even fight anymore. I can't even think anymore. I'll never see a breakthrough. I'll never be healed. I want to remind you this morning that the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. And if he spoke it, it shall happen. This is how the enemy works against the church. Get this. Not only were the Philistines after them, not only were the Philistines threatening them, but the Philistines were also what we call in today squatters. Not only were they threatening them, but now they decided to squat on land that was actually meant for praise. A squatter is one that will unlawfully occupy or maintain property or a vacant house that does not belong to them. You see it in the news sometimes. I was watching a couple of weeks ago, and it, uh, around Metro Atlanta, they went into this subdivision, and there were a lot of homes that were vacant. And they went in, and people had been living in these homes for years, free, and they did not know it. I want you to get this because nine times out of ten, before a battle ever begins, before you even realize that you are in a battle, nine times out of ten, the enemy will try to sit down on your praise. If you ever get to the place where it feels kind of hard to praise, watch out, a battle's coming. I've watched it. I've watched people in the church One Sunday they're like this, the next Sunday they're like this, the next Sunday they're like this. And I see, I I can see a battle coming. Nine times out of ten, before a battle ever begins, he will try to sit down in a place that was designated as praise. The Philistines were trying to occupy the promise that belonged to the people. The, the, uh, the, The enemy was trying to occupy the praise that belonged to the Lord. But I don't know about you, no devil is going to squat on my promises today. I said no devil is going to squat on my promises today. No devil is going to steal my praise today. Listen. Some of you ain't going to like this. We have debates about the government 
letting illegal immigrants across the border. It's a hot topic right now. Some people say it's going to be a major deal come election day. And we are always wondering, where's the government? Why aren't they doing anything? My question is, where is the church? I ask that question to the church because we will sit and we will have arguments about illegal immigrants. You may get upset about illegal immigrants moving in, but how many more illegal demons are we going to allow inside of the church? How many more illegal demons are you going to let in your house? How many more illegal demons are you going to let flow through your, way, uh, your, 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 your TV and your Disney and your radio waves? And how many more demons are you going to let in that way? Yes, it may be a problem to our nation, but it's a problem to your eternal life. How many more illegal demons are you going to allow to squat on your faith? How many more devils are you going to allow to walk in here on a Sunday morning and sit down on your praise? The question is, where is the church? We've been anointed, we've been appointed, and we've been exposed for such a time as this in history. I said the church has been anointed, the church has been appointed, and our, our anointing is being exposed for such a time as this. Amen? Here steps out this young, underage, underqualified, and he was also underestimated. I love it when somebody underestimates me. Underestimate. Bama underestimated yesterday. I had to work it in somehow. The Lord just gave it to me. underestimated. I love being underestimated. Tell your neighbor, don't underestimate me. Whatever you do, I may be new to the faith, but don't underestimate me. I may be an introvert, but don't underestimate me. I may be quiet, but you've never seen me in speaking tongues in my prayer closet. You might, I, may not be, I, I may not be a public speaker, but you don't know what I do in my prayer closet. Never underestimate me. Man, help me out. Goliath's eyes were on him and thought, this is going to be easy. This is easy. Goliath looked and saw this son of man and means son of weakness. He was nowhere near as old or wise. He didn't even have armor around. He's got a little sling in his hand. And he's looking and all he sees are these weak physical traits. He saw that he was just this son. But, but Goliath here, you've got to understand here, because if you don't watch it, the church will become Goliath in history. Goliath is cocky, struts around like a little rooster, thought he was bad. He knew he had strength. He knew he had the armor. He had a resume of people that he slaughtered with his own hands. He knew he was the man. He was full of himself. Don't you just love to be around people that are full of themselves? No. I can hear him sitting on the sidelines just 
telling everybody how big his biceps are and how much he can lift. And he's got a 12-pack right here. And he's walking around and talking about how all the ladies want him. But let me tell you something. There's often a Goliath spirit in the church. And a Goliath spirit gets in the church when we start getting in the flesh and we think, I don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to praise anymore. I don't need to worship anymore. I don't need to lay down on the floor anymore. I've been saved one whole year. The devil don't know who he's messing with. I don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to go to church anymore. I don't need to serve anymore. And before you know it, this Goliath spirit has come upon us. And now we think we are all of that because we don't need the church. We don't need prayer. We don't need worship. I don't need to go every Sunday. I don't need to go to church. That's where we are as a nation. And now this Goliath spirit has made its way in. And now we are acting out in the flesh. But get this, the, 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 uh, this Goliath spirit is so full of flesh that it doesn't even recognize anointing when it's standing in front of it. He didn't see the oil on his head. He just saw this, 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 this little lad. And if we don't watch it, we, people of God, can prance around in the church. We can prance around in the streets and think we are talented and think we are worthy of everything and think we have it all together and think we are the best thing that's ever happened to Rome. But let me tell you today, if you don't have the anointing, you don't have anything. I said, if you don't have the anointing, you don't have anything we're talking about. Don't let that Goliath spirit get on you, the bride. Talent. Talent. Talent grows a crowd. The anointing will grow the kingdom. Talent. Talent will bring people in. But the anointing will send people out changed. Just because it's big doesn't mean it's anointed. Just because they're on TV doesn't make them anointed. And sometimes we, in, in Amer American Christianity, we mistake talent for anointing. And, oh, they can sing, that's anointing. Oh, he can preach, that's anointing. And then those people fall. And we're like... If he can't make it, I can't make it. Talent grows a crowd, but the anointing will grow the kingdom. That's why I want you to be anointed. I can't, I can't grow the church myself. I can't grow the kingdom myself. I need people in the church that are anointed. I need people in the church that are anointed and leaving and walking down Broad Street under the anointing. I need people in Walmart, amen, that are full of the anointing. I need people in the cubicle next to me that are full of the anointing. That's how you grow the kingdom. 
That's why I want you to be anointed. That's why I want our worship to be anointed. That's why I want our word to be anointed. That's why I want our children's ministry to be anointed. That's why I want our parking lot to be anointed. That's why I want the house to be anointed. Why? 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 Because I don't want to brag about a big crowd. I want to go out and say, let me tell you what the Lord did today. There's just two or three people. They don't have titles. They don't have names. But they were full of the Holy Spirit. And they were full of the anointing. And they got around that person. And they laid hands on them. And I mean, you should have seen it. It was like cancer cells just left the body. It was like depression just left. Let me tell you what my God did. I don't know about you, but I don't want to brag about numbers. I want to brag about how good God is. Because he used just regular people like you and I that were full of the Holy Ghost and power.